You are listening to the weekly podcast of Transformation Life Church in Muskegon, Michigan. We pray you enjoy today's message. Good morning, church. I believe that we need Jesus more than we've ever needed him. I believe that our city, I believe that our country, our nation, we're in trouble. Men don't know whether they're women. Women don't know if they're men. People don't know God. They're lost. And you are the last line of defense. Let's pray. Father God, we, we come to you and we say we, we need you, Jesus, Holy Spirit. I step aside. Holy Spirit, have your way in this service. Have your way with the word. Lord, help me to communicate your heart. Lord, help me to communicate your love, Lord. People are dying and going to hell on the streets every day. Oh, Lord, why we sit comfortably in our churches, Lord forgive us. Lord, please peel the hardness off our hearts today. Please take the scales off our eyes. Lord, we thank you for those that are saved today, those that are set free and delivered. Lord, we praise you and we thank you, Lord, for those that come to know you intimately today as their personal Lord and Savior. We thank you for those that Make you Lord in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to talk to you a little bit with the scripture from First Deuteronomy. If you could bring that up for me. I call to earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessing or curse. Therefore, choose life that you and your offspring may live. Parents, you are the best teachers that are out there before your kids. If they don't see Jesus in you, if they don't hear the word of God from you, if they don't feel the love of Jesus Christ from you, they won't get it. You are the one that shows your children how to live for Jesus Christ. How do you do that? John 2 says Jesus is the truth. You walk in the truth of the word of God. I want to introduce you to Jesus today. It's the Bible. It's a bestseller. And most people have many of them in their homes. But a lot of people don't pick them up. They don't read them. They don't know Jesus. They don't have a relationship with Christ. The very God that saved you, that gave you breath, that breathed life into you, wants to have an intimate relationship with you. He wants to know you personally. 
He wants to talk with you. He wants to walk with you. The very God that gave you all of the blessings that you have, the job, the wife, the kids, the home, everything that you have wants to spend time with you. He wants to part truth into you. But yet we've got CNN going. We've got Fox News going. Oh, how many, how many got a cell phone? How many have a cell phone? I'm going to ask you to pull out your cell phone today. All right? Look and see what your screen time is. Okay? Look and see what is your screen time to. All right? Have you spent as much time with Jesus as you do with your iPhone? Have you spent as much time with your TV as you do with your iPhone? Because Jesus is the truth, and yet we're looking for truth in all the wrong places. Jesus is the way. He is the way for you and your family to have blessings. Jesus is the way for you to have life and have it more abundantly. God has given you his word. God has given you his promise. It pertains to everything. Say everything. Everything that pertains to life and godliness. But we're looking in other places. We're asking man's opinion. We're looking to movie stars. We're on TikTok. We're on Facebook. What does this person think? But yet the very God that breathed life into you, that's given you his word, that's made flesh, wants to talk with you every morning. Every morning. And the word became flesh, and it dwelt among us. The word of God. Jesus Christ, he walks with me, he talks with me, he tells me I'm his own. He wants to lead me, he wants to guide me, he wants to teach me. But do I have time for him? And the next verse here that we're going to look at, it says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Well, well brother, I got a family to take care of. I got to get my kids off to school. Well, I got to get to work. Get up early, get out of bed, and seek the kingdom of God. Seek ye first, not second, not third, not fourth, not fifth. Like, well, I'll get around to it when I've got time. The very God that breathed into your lungs that allows you to sit here today wants to have a relationship with you. See, many, many people in the church know Jesus as Savior, but they don't know him as Lord. They haven't surrendered their life. They haven't yielded. They haven't turned their life over, and they haven't said, Jesus said it. I believe it, and that settles it. When you look at that Bible, Jesus said it. I believe it. That said, well, I don't know, brother, if I believe that. Well, there's many voices in the wind. But Jesus is the only true voice. Jesus is the only voice that's going to lead you, that's going to guide you, that's going to direct you. He tells us in his word that I'll be a light under your path. I'll be a lamp under your feet. I will guide you in the job that you should have. I will direct you to be the father, the husband, the worker, 
the employee that you need to be. But we're so busy. We've got the most powerful, the most truth, the most honest GPS and roadmap that you could ever have in your life to lead you, to guide you, to teach you. Father came to me the other day. He says, Brother Chris, I don't know what to do. My wife doesn't respect me. My kids don't respect me. I said, well, do you seek the kingdom of God? Do you read? Do you pray? Do the, does your family see you reading? Does your family see you praying? Does your family see you when difficult times come on your knees seeking God? What does your family see? Because you're the best teacher that your family's going to ever have. Mom, Dad, you're the best teacher. Do they see you just busy at church? Now, being busy at church is good. They see you at work providing for your family. Being at work is great. You've got to provide for your family. The Bible says if you don't work, you don't eat. Okay? But listen, do they see you seeking the kingdom of God? Do they see you drawn near? Pastor talked about a little earlier today. Most things are caught, not necessarily taught. And here's how I know. I grew up in a household. In my household, there was violence. My father used to beat my mother. He was an alcoholic. He was a drunk. There was alcohol in my home. Very violent man. He said, don't drink that booze. Don't smoke those cigarettes. Don't use that foul language. But yet the whiskey was in the refrigerator. The cigarettes were on the end table. The playboys were in the bathroom on the floor next to the toilet. What do you think I did? Do you think I did as my father told, or do you think I followed the example of the father that I had? What kind of example are we leading as Christians? Are we just happy with being saved? Or are we obedient? The Bible says the willing and the obedient will eat the good of the land. Draw near to God, and I will draw near to you. Draw near to God, and I will draw near to you. He loves you. He cares for you. But he wants you to seek the kingdom of God first, not second, not third, not fourth, not seek your home, not seek your automobile, okay? Not seek your girlfriend, not seek your boyfriend, not your kids before God. God says, I'll have no other gods before me. He wants to have an intimate relationship. You know, men, if you had an intimate relationship with God, then you would have the right intimacy with your wife. If you had an intimate relationship, mom and dad, with God, you would know how to train up your child in the way that he could go because God would lead you and guide you and direct you. But we're trying to be our own gods. God says, I won't have no other gods before me. He's a very jealous God. And my people perish and their children perish and their families perish because of lack of knowledge of who people know Jesus to be. They don't know Jesus. But today I want to give you Jesus. I want to talk to you 
about the Jesus that loved me, that saved me, that even though I made choices that were wrong, that were ignorant, that were stupid, that cost me my freedom, he's a Jesus that's here to free and restore and give help. I used to be the owner of Northwest Fireplace Showcase in Twin Lake, Michigan, gun shop, archery shop, Northwest Shooters, largest gun shop. Used to be involved in drugs. What the Lord did in my life was miraculous. I used to be rock and roll, party, hardy, cool jerk. The party was in my house every Friday night. I didn't know God. If I would have died, I would have spent eternity in hell. But Christ kept pursuing me. John 3.16, he loved me. He kept pursuing me in my ignorance. But no, I kept partying, getting high, drinking, because I felt, well, I knew every sheriff's department in town. I knew every cop in town. They all bought guns from me. I'd never get busted. And so I got caught trafficking cocaine from Columbia through Chicago into Muskegon, Michigan. 1984, two days after Christmas, I woke up to the sheriff's department with two 357 mags sticking up my nostrils. Now, being in the gun business, I know a 357 mag will be a little bit detrimental to your health. Bullet goes in like this and it leaves you brainless. My mom comes running in the house, sales of cocaine, oh no. And I said, Mom, call Perry Mason, get $1,000 and meet me down at the jail. Now see, I thought my parents had money, I had money, and I'd buy my way out of this situation. I was making bad choices. I owned a gun shop with a great career and a great success ahead of me, and I'm over here partying. I'm over here getting high. I'm over here taking care of the needs of the flesh so that I can make some easy money and satisfy the flesh of my soul. If I would have died in that, I'd have spent eternity in hell. But God in his mercy and his grace snatched me out of that. I went in front of the judge. The judge says, sales of cocaine, $100,000 bond. I said, whoa, $100,000. That's like a million dollars now, you know. This is back in 1984. I said, boy, my parents got some money, but they ain't got no $100,000. You not, do not pass goal. Do not collect $200. I go back to my cell. I start crying out to God. A brother comes to me and shares John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, planted a seed in my heart. And that seed began to grow while I laid there and I think about how I've sold my freedom, how I've lived for the devil, and now I've lost all the freedom that I've had in my life because I made some bad choices, some wrong choices, because I didn't have a relationship with Christ, because I didn't know him personally, because I didn't, Read his woman, I didn't have time for him. If you were a Christian, that was all right with me. But I don't have time. I don't have time. 
And I found myself the next day, they chained me up like an animal with my wrist down between my ankles. And I had this one huge black guy on side of me and another little guy on the other side of me. And they were saying, ooh, ain't you cute. Boy, I bet you ain't never had sex this way before. And I was scared. I got there, and it was Jackson Penitentiary, the biggest wall prison at that particular time in the state of Michigan. 1300 Cooper Street was my new address. And they locked me in this cage, seven steel doors slammed behind me. It was 100 times more putrid than any gym locker room that you ever smelt. And they threw me in this place called quarantine. And there was two, three, 400 guys in these cages that were four by eight, locked up like animals. And they were screaming out, they were strung out, they were going through detox. They were scared, they didn't know what to expect. Screaming night and day and night and day and night and day. It was like hell. It was exactly like hell. One book you can have when you're in the penitentiary. Jesus. You can have Jesus when you're in the penitentiary. Jesus. And I said, Lord, if you get me out of this, I'll serve you the rest of my life. Now all of a sudden, rock and roll party, hearty, cool jerk, Mr. Money Man, Mr. Cool, isn't so tough anymore. Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. I bowed my knee to Jesus Christ and made him my personal Lord and Savior that day. And you know what? Jesus took every dumb decision that I made and he began to make my way straight. Yes, even though I rejected him many, 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 many times, Christ didn't reject me that day. He came into my heart. He forgave me. He changed my life. Now, being a trafficker, you don't get off any good time. You got to do the whole four, three years. But I'll tell you right now, I was looking at a miracle. I was looking at five counts of trafficking cocaine into the country, which is five lice sentence, which is 20, 20, 20, 20, 20. That's life. And the Lord made it so that I got 3 to 20 in Jackson Penitentiary. If I'd have got what I deserved, I'd be there yet today. I'd be there right now. Because when you get busted three times, that's a habitual criminal. You don't get off from that. They don't cut you off from that. Unless you have a miracle or God intervene. After the three years, the Lord opened the prison doors for me. And he says, you remember when you said you'd serve me the rest of my life? He says, I want you to go into the high schools. And he said, I want you to do a scared straight program. He says, I want you to talk to every young man and every young woman about choices. See, my friends didn't go to the penitentiary with me. My girlfriend didn't go to the penitentiary with me. My mom and dad didn't go to the penitentiary. I couldn't blame anybody because it was my choice. And I had to pay the price for that choice that I made. And God said, I want you to go talk to people about their choices. I want you to go and talk John 3.16. I want you to go talk about me, Jesus, the truth, the way, and the life. And you know, church, for 27 years, God opened the door to preach the gospel in every high school in western Michigan. Don't tell me God can't get into the high schools. Don't tell me God can't get into the prisons. 
Okay, don't tell me God can't get into the streets. Don't tell me that God can't make a way where there seems to be a way, because he can. 27 years, I was blessed with having the privilege of going to every high school from Muskegon Heights to Ravana to Montague to Reese Puffer to share John 3.16, the gospel. And through the obedience of that, God allowed tens of thousands of people to come to the Lord because of he loves his people. He wants to reach his people. So God took all of the stupid things that I made, all the ugly things, all the dirty things that I made, all the things that I was ashamed of, and he turned them around for his good and for his glory. And he says, now I want you to go and give your testimony. He says, I want you to talk to people and testify of my goodness. I want you to testify of my healing power. Because see, I was raised in a family where I was beaten, I was abused. I got a girl pregnant when I was 16 years old. Her mom carted her off to Oregon. She had an abortion. I felt like a murderer, like a killer. And God began to take all of those dumb decisions that I made, and he began to heal my heart. See, I felt rejected. I felt despised. I didn't even love myself, let alone love the people around me, because I made some bad choices. Choose ye this day whom you will serve, blessing or curse, life or death. Now, I guarantee you this, if you make no choice at all, you automatically choose death and curse. Parents, to not train your children in the Word of God, to not say, for me and my house, we will serve the Lord, to not sit down and impart the truth, the Word, Jesus, into your kids, is putting a curse and sentencing them to death. And yet we say, we're too busy. Well, I'll do it later after work. I'll spend some time with you, Jesus. Maybe tonight before I go to bed and then we fall asleep. And you know what's even cool about that? Is when we spend time with Jesus and we fall asleep, he still loves us, still draws us. You know, when my kids are on my lap, and they fall asleep. I don't get after them or put them down or condemn them. But sometimes I'm thankful that they go to sleep when they're young. <laughs> Some people say, well, Brother Chris, I don't remember the word. But church, I don't remember what I ate last week. But it brought nourishment to my body. It brought health to my bones. It brought strength to my life. So I begin to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And I begin to put the word of God in. And he says, Chris, my thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways, says the Lord. My ways are higher than your ways. And he says, Chris, you've got to quit leaning to your own understanding. You've got to acknowledge me in all your ways. I'll direct your path. Open my word. I'll be a light under your feet, a lamp 
under your path. Well, well, Brother Chris, I've been a Christian, and my family's okay. But do you have a relationship with Jesus? Okay, God's given you some grace. But do you know Jesus? Do you spend time with Jesus? Do you have a love affair with Jesus? Do you have intimacy with Jesus? Because Jesus is the answer for every person on the streets that we go to. I have nothing to offer when I go out on the streets as Jesus in the streets. But if I am so full of Jesus and I've spent time with him and his presence just comes out of me, they are drawn to the authentic because they have lived a lie all their life. Christianity is caught. It is taught, but it's more caught than it is taught. But you know what? If you don't spend time with Jesus, you don't have anything to give. You have nothing to offer. It's in his presence. There's a fullness of joy. If people see that joy coming out of you, they'll say, I want that. If they see love coming out of you, they say, I want that. They say, boy, he's really gentle. I want that. Man, that dude's got peace. It doesn't matter what the situation is. I need the peace of God that passes all understanding, that rules my heart and my mind, that helps me in all of my decisions, every decision. I need that peace. I need that patience for when they cut me off on the road. And I say, God bless it. He bless, bless them in the name of Jesus. Bless them, Lord, oh, my soul. And all that was with me, bless their holy. <laughs> long-suffering. Some of you say, I'm tired of going through long-suffering. Well, you know what? I'm tired of going through it too. But here's what I found out about with God. When you go through a trial, when you go through a lesson, run to Jesus. Run to the Word. And you know what? Then... You don't have to keep taking the trial over and over and over and over again. Because guess what? It's always a test, but it's an open book test. But if you don't open the book, you're not going to pass the test because you don't know Jesus. You don't know Jesus. So some of us, we have a form of godliness, but the power is not there. Because we haven't spent time with Jesus. These altars ought to be full every time there's an opportunity that's given for you to get full of Jesus Christ. Not because you've got a problem or because you need a prayer or because you need to be delivered. No, you need Jesus. You're the only hope this world's going to see. If you're full of Jesus, they'll know to come running to you. Owning this big gun shop, I used to share the gospel all the time. I had this big wig coming in from Helmet, and he had these Browning shotguns, and he wanted to sell them to me. I said, well, those are worth about $10,000. He says, I'll take three. I said, whoa, that's a good deal. I wrote him a check for $3,000. But while I was there, he heard me praying with somebody over the phone. See, when you share Jesus and you're praying to Jesus, people are eavesdropping. They're, they're watching you. Are you a Christian? 
do you really pray for people like you say? Or do you just say, I'll pray for you? No, don't just say, I'll pray for you. Say, I'll pray for you. Give me your hands. Pray for them now. Don't pray for them tonight and forget. Don't tell them you'll pray for them later. Say, give me your hands. Big six-foot, 280-pound guy. He said, I heard you praying on the phone for this individual. I gave him his $3,000 check. He says, will you pray for me? I reached my hand out. I said, give me your hands. He says, well, you got customers in the store. I said, well, that's all right. I own the store. I said, God won't take any business away from me if I'm doing his business. So I said, Father God, he said, pray for my family. Pray for my family. I said, Father God, do what it takes to bring his family back together to restore it. Touch his life in Jesus' name. Wasn't anything fancy. Wasn't anything miracle. But I'd spent time with Jesus. And he told me that I was going to have divine appointments, that people were going to come my way. And as I prayed for him, this big guy starts crying and snotting all over my counter, you know. And he runs out the door with the check. And 15 minutes later, I get a call. He says, I was going to take that money and run away with my secretary, leave my wife and my children. He says, but when you prayed that prayer, the power of God hit me. And Jesus came back into my life, and I rededicated my life to Christ. He says, I'm going home to my wife. I'm going home to my children. I'm letting my secretary go. See, it doesn't matter if it's business people. It doesn't matter if it's family members. It doesn't matter if it's convicts, people on the streets. You can always find something to relate with somebody and meet them where they're at. You know, if you will show people value, no matter where they are at, if you will show people love, the greatest gift that you as a Christian have, you say, well, I don't speak, I don't teach. You've got the love of Jesus in your heart. Freely have you received, freely you need to give. Quit holding back what was freely given to you. Jesus is a giver. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Why I was in sin, he reached down. And when he looked at me, he looked at me through the blood of Jesus Christ. And he didn't look at me as some guy that was shooting cocaine in his arm. He didn't look at me as a murderer. He didn't look at me as somebody filled with lust or pornography or hatred or rejection or anger. He reached down, and he loved me, and he introduced me to him. And I began to have a relationship with this Jesus Christ. He came into my heart. See, Jesus on the inside began to change everything that I was on the outside. And then pretty soon people could see Christ in me, the hope of glory. See, here's how it is. Christ is in you. You are in Christ. Can people see Jesus in you? You may be the only Jesus that they see. When you're standing in line and you're in a hurry, you want to pay your bill, you get up there and it's incorrect. <laughs> Do they see Jesus in you? Do they see Jesus in you? Well, brother, you don't understand. I, I understand. I, I understand. They're dying. They're going to hell. We're out on them streets. We knock on them doors. 
Jesus in the streets. They come running down. They say, hey, we were just up in our room. We were going to kill ourselves. We are going to take our lives. Lord, show me. Send me something. Give me a sign. And you came to our door and you knocked. Jesus on the streets. Can we pray with you? We get an opportunity to lead them to Jesus Christ. We don't come in and check their house to see if it's clean. We don't check their apparel and see what they're wearing. Okay? We don't say, well, no wonder you're going through this problem. Look at the neighborhood you live in. No. Jesus meant people where they were at. But the pride of the church is this. I'm okay. I don't have time for Jesus right now. But today is the day of salvation. Today is the day that the church needs to do this. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, will humble themselves to what? Will humble themselves to Jesus, will humble themselves to the word. Humble is not weak, mamsy, pamsy, and getting kicked around. Humble itself is Jesus said it, I believe it. I have an intimate relationship with him. I know him. And he knows me. I know what he likes. I know what his characteristics are. I know what his will is. This is the will and testament of Jesus Christ. Open it and find out what his will is for your life. It'll be a light under your path. It'll be a lamp under your feet. Jesus so longs to have a relationship with you. He weeps when you say, I'm too busy. The Holy Spirit's a gentleman. He's not going to push himself up. Well, why don't God come down and do this? Because he respects your choice. If you say, not now, Holy Spirit, you know what the Holy Spirit says? Okay. He respects your choice. We got a dying world out there. They're going to hell. They don't know Jesus Christ. Apart from God, church, we can't do anything. It's in him that we live and move and have our being. He gave you the very breath that's in your lungs right now so that you could have an intimate relationship, a love relationship with him. I'm going to ask that every head be bowed, every eye be closed. Jeremiah 29:11 says, I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you spiritually. Do you hear him talking to you? He says, plans to prosper you spiritually. He wants to get you spiritually right. That Jesus on the inside working on the outside. He said, I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you. Plans to not harm you, but give you a hope and a future. See, Jesus is not trying to take anything away. He's not trying to bring do's and don'ts into your life. Church, Jesus is trying to get something to you. Choose ye this day whom you will serve, life or death, blessing or the curse. And then he says, just in case you missed it, he says, choose life. <laughs> choose life. Choose life. 
so that you and your offspring, grandma and grandpa, mom and dad, young people, single people, your children pay the price for all the decisions that you make. When that dad said to me, Brother Gunn, my wife, she doesn't respect me. She doesn't show me honor. I said, do you show honor to Jesus? Do you seek the kingdom of God? Do you spend time with him? And you want her to honor you? She doesn't even see it lived before her. Your kids don't respect you. Do they see you praying? Do they see you kneeling? Do they see you seeking the kingdom of God? Do they see that when turmoil, trial, and tribulation comes, that you speak Jesus into the situation, the truth, the way, and the life? Church, I believe that this word was from God. I believe it's for you today. And I believe that we're going to be able to move forward if we can get some of this corrected in our lives. Today is the day of salvation. With every head bowed and every eye closed and nobody looking around, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, if you don't know Jesus Christ, and if you were to stand before him today, what would he say to you? Job well done, my good and faithful servant. Depart from me. I never knew you. Well, but Jesus, I was, I was busy. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. What would he say? If you don't know Jesus Christ and you don't have a personal relationship with every head bowed, nobody moving around, nobody looking, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand right now at the sound of my voice. I'm going to ask you to lift up your hand and say, I need a relationship with Jesus Christ. I need to know. I don't know Jesus as my Lord and Savior. If you were to die tonight, would you spend eternity in heaven or in hell? If you do not know that, I'm going to ask you and give you an invitation to receive Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. Okay, the next thing I'm going to do is Jesus wants a relationship with you. Do you know it all? Do you have time for Jesus? Are you just too busy for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? The very God that gave you the material things that you enjoy. The very God that gave you that wonderful wife, that children. The very God that put breath in your lungs. Do you seek ye first the kingdom of God? Do you have an intimate relationship? If that's not you, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. No. Pride goes before a fall. The Bible says, I called the record today. This is on the record, church before heaven and earth. Blessing or cursing. Choose blessing. Choose life. With every head bowed, nobody looking around, I'm going to ask you to choose Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And then I'm going to ask you, I'm going to say, if you want a deeper relationship with Jesus, if you want intimacy with Jesus, if you want to know the Lord deeper, I'm going to ask you to get up, get out of your seat, and come down to these altars. You come down to the altars, not because I'm asking you to come down to these altars, not because I said so, but because 
You need to be so full of Jesus. You need to be so full of Jesus that you have something to give to a lost and dying world. I'm going to open these altars up for prayer. Come on down. Church, before you all leave, we do have plenty of food in the fellowship hall. We do want to ask you to stay after. We do want to ask you to break bread with us. Uh, let us feed you today. There's plenty of food that's in the back right there. Um, please don't talk. Leave the altar time here when you leave the sanctuary. People are having a relationship with God. Respect that, please, before you leave. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. Please like our podcast and leave us a five-star review. God bless and have an amazing week.